Raba, thank you so much for joining me in this first video for Down to Brown. Having me, I'm so excited. Me too. This is such an important topic, as we know. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, but this topic will never get old. Um, and I love the <laughs> fact that you're working and doing work to help other women come up with practical solutions. And so I'm curious, like, how did you get into this space? This is not something I've heard a lot of Daisy girls get into, especially so early in their lives. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. And yeah, so I guess like growing up, math and science was not my bread and butter. So like everyone in my family, like 90% of my family, like my dad's an engineer, my brother's a scientist, my mom owns a lab. Um, everyone in my, like a lot of my cousins are all engineers, right? Um, but that wasn't my thing. And I was really lucky that both my parents were like really supportive of finding our strengths and like amplifying our strengths. And I've always been interested in working with kids. So I actually started my career as a preschool teacher. Oh. And as I was working in preschool, I went to grad school because you still have to go to grad school. <laughs> I went to grad school and I learned about um, child development, human development, and I actually learned about the field of child life. And what I did as a child life specialist prior to coaching was I worked with um, kids affected by various medical conditions. And most recently, I worked with kids affected by oncology conditions, and wow. I provided psychosocial support. Yeah, so I would build rapport with kids and families through play. And that's my main modality of healing is play. And through play, I build trust. So whether it's chess or Jenga or throwing a ball or like having like a little stress ball and just sitting and talking. Oh, to you whipped that out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like it's like cute right like kids love like all these little things and just yeah. by giving them something easy to hold it's easier for them to talk to so I've always been very interested in helping people um, not always sure how and when and where but I've always been interested in that and so as a child life specialist I got to do a little bit of everything got to plan birthdays plan events support them through their procedures and their vulnerable journeys and then, as you know, 2020 was very interesting working in a hospital. Um, I have my personal burnout. And how can I serve all these families or how can I serve if I'm not well, mm -hmm. so to speak? And so I got even more into wellness, more into self-care. Like self-care is super trending and all of that stuff but like even before it was trending I was all about like what I thought self-care was like taking baths or like you know doing like going on spa days and all of that stuff and I realized there's so much more to it I realized now for me self-care is talking to myself nicely and that's kind of like where it kind of like evolved into like like I like I thought only I was struggling with this or I thought only I talked to myself in a mean way or I was the only one experiencing this and then as I had conversations with various people not only friends but people from different groups um, and not only South wow. Asian people but all people it's like we struggle with the way we talk to ourselves and I'm like 
we're still like all of my friends and like even all of the patients I work with we're so nice to everyone else like, yeah. <laughs> I know nice I've always wondered like if you could just be a friend to yourself what would that be like especially like if my best friend said something you know negative about herself I'd be like uh shut the fuck up like you're amazing and I'd like pepper up but when it comes to me it's sort of this feeling of like I don't deserve that positive self-talk which is such a sad way that we think about it and you're totally right like everyone went through some form you know of burnout or some kind of strain last year um if you didn't I have no idea like how you are so like (laughs) godlier than all of us but um I also feel like the fact that you're doing work with kids a lot of the times when I talk to people who work with children, a lot of the skills are very applicable to adults. And if, if anything, as adults, we learn kind of the way to just take children tips and then bring them to adults. Like for example, my friend who's a teacher, she teaches fifth graders and they talk a lot about like when communicating your feelings, you say, you know, instead of being like, you suck, you can be like, you made me feel that maybe I sucked and because of that it hurt my feelings and like I realized that's how we have to talk to each other as adults so what a great skill to bring to your work thank you yeah absolutely and like all of our subconscious beliefs come from the ages zero to seven like comes from our childhood and so it's when you work with kids, like they forgive so easily. They're, they're not pissed off about the needle that poked them three days later. Like they're chilling. Like even three minutes later, they're chilling. So it's like, why are we holding, we're, we're carrying so much weight. And so seeing that day in and day out, that resilience that children bring and some of these moms and parents bring, I was like, I complain so much about things that don't matter (laughs) and it just puts things into perspective. (laughs) So much mental space taken up by things that are just like meant to be in the past. Um, I I mean, I do want to ask a little bit more about the work you do with your coaching. So when I first talked to you, I was like, holy shit, this is so interesting. It's about, you know, you've mentioned concepts of burnout and self-talk, but if you can help us ground on the definitions like what do you mean by burnout what do you mean by self-talk especially that concept like I'm still kind of getting used to that yeah absolutely I think there are so many definitions out there as well for me burnout means an extended period of time mm-hmm. where your mind and body has been put under stress and like our central nervous system was not meant yeah. <laughs> to experience any of this especially like, it's like the state of being overwhelmed. It's one thing after another, right? It's not like, okay, we're in a pandemic, that's fine. No, it's like, we're in a pandemic. Everything is affected. We're in, we finally have a new president, right? Like we've had so many different things happen, so many movements that have been needing to happen for so long, but it's all happening at the same time. And then we're like homeschooling and then we're working from home and then we're in a partnership or we break up or we're in a long distance relationship or like someone is planning a wedding or there's a graduation. There's just so much happening. And so of course we're stressed out. And so that's what I consider to be burnout, just something that happens for an extended period of time and in terms of stress. Mm -hmm. And 
that pure exhaustion as well, right? Just being so unable to focus, unable to complete a task. Um, I know I personally, like, there'll be like three things on my to-do list from three weeks ago, and they're still on my to-do list. Mm-hmm. Do they even take long to do? <laughs> no, right. but, and I'm not, I don't even have a kid. So like, yeah. there's that. <laughs> uh, um, and for me, self-talk is really your inner dialogue. It are, it's the words that you say to yourself, um, more so the stories that we have ta- told ourselves for a long period of time. So it can be anything like, I'm mom's favorite, or I'm second best, or I'm really good at this, but my cousin is better at that. Like just certain stories that we have told ourselves throughout our life. That is what I consider to be self-talk. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I don't think I realized that concept of like what I was doing until I went to therapy, where you realize like, I actually just selectively chose to tell myself this, but if I tried to tell, and it doesn't mean like lying, I guess. So how do you, I think that's the thing that I struggle with, where if I'm being kind to myself, for example, or I might try to like shift some of the narratives that I've told myself my whole life, then I'm like, am I just doing this because I'm trying to like live more favorably of myself? Am I just like trying to be like self-flattering or arrogant, if that makes sense? So how have you addressed with people, like, especially that you work with, where you help them realize the shift is important and also making sure that shift is accurate and not a self-protecting mechanism or denial? Mm, Yeah, that's a really good question. And just, I'm sure you've mentioned this before in your Instagram, but just like, thank you for sharing that you go to therapy and normalizing that because I think everyone should get support in any way. And they're making therapy normal, especially in our community, is huge. So I just want to shut that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it takes a brave person and takes time to find the right therapist. So I'm proud totally. of you. No, I love when people are like, good job for admitting that. Because I'm like, I just like go to it. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I love it. And um, absolutely. I love how, how you talked about shifting the narrative, right? And I guess it's like having that sense of self-awareness of just really knowing where you are right now. So like wherever you are in your journey, just acknowledging it and then telling yourself what you would rather feel. What would you want to rather feel? What would you rather want to experience? Mm -hmm. And then how can you create that in the most honest and authentic way? So like, for example, like let's, and I like hate to use example because everyone's trying to lose weight or whatever, which is like, no one needs to lose weight, first of all. Um, no, I'm listening. <laughs> no, yeah. no but just like, for example, everyone's like, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds. I wouldn't be like, okay, be like, say that you're like 10 pounds lighter. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. I would be like, okay, you want to lose 10 pounds. I would ask why, why is that important to you? What feeling what, like what feeling would you get if you were to lose 10 pounds yeah. and and then once like I guess I would ask well I don't want to ask you that I don't want to ask them about weight like what like what is I don't mind that? actually because that's something okay. that I've been thinking about especially since like um between a stressful job and the pandemic like I did gain weight and so now I'm like thinking through that and my friend is constantly kind of my again my friends talk to me very positively to me I'm like struggling with that and um the piece about it that really 
sucks is because you keep telling yourself, like, even when you ask yourself, like, why is it important to me? Sometimes I can't help. I don't know where my definition starts and where the society's definition of what I should be starts, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So like, I feel like I can't answer that question because I'm like, why? Because I want to look better. And I'm like, why do I want to look better? What is better to me? Right. So then I go yeah. into this like self-talk, like loop, right? Like a Christopher Nolan movie where it's like, you're just like going through this tenant scenario of like, what comes first society or me? No, I love that. I love that. It's like, well, is there a time where you did look better or that you could look better this week or this day? Right. And so like, even right now you look amazing. Like, is it like, <laughs> no, like, no, like seriously. <laughs> no, seriously, you're like, okay, I look amazing. I'm like feeling my hair today or I'm feeling this outfit. And like, can you feel that for just even a minute for two minutes? And you just start feeling it and like, allowing yourself to like tune in I think for so long we've been numbing ourselves and we've been separating mind body and soul where really everything is connected our body does so much for us yeah but yet we're constantly hating on it we're just constantly hating on it but like every cell in our body is allowing us to breathe allowing us to exist allowing us to live and I don't know that we acknowledge it or offer gratitude. So I think true. we just hate on it. No, you're absolutely right. I think it's like you take it for granted. Um, and, you know, what is the difference too between the self-talk and like annoying positivity, right? So like, mm. let's say like there's a scenario where there's two different people, person A and B, they both miss the bus um, and person A has like positive self-talk, person B has negative self-talk. Um, but I imagine it's not just like a sound of music, like it's totally fine. The birds are chirping, right? So what is that difference between positive self-talk? Yeah, yeah I'm glad that you brought that up because like toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing is like a real thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think even for me personally, I'm still learning that line. And I think it's different for each person. Um, but I think it starts with awareness. You miss the bus, it sucks, right? Yeah. Okay, I missed the bus, it sucks. I acknowledge it. What, what is the solution? I'm going to continually look for a solution. Can I call an Uber? Can I call a Lyft? Is there another bus coming up? Can I ask for help? Can I walk to the next bus stop? I'm constantly looking for a solution. And I'm also not making myself the victim, right? Things happen, right? So I'm empowering myself to find a solution. If I was in negative self-talk, which does happen, even for me, even for all people, even the most positive person out there will also have negative self-talk. And like, I miss the bus. Nothing ever goes my goes the right way. Why is this happening to me? This wouldn't happen to anybody else. I don't know how I'm going to get to my job interview. I don't know how I'm going to get there. Wow. Uh, my phone is losing power. Like, just like, you can either focus and continue to look at the problem. Mm-hmm. or you can continue and focus on the solution. And so that's where I differentiate. It doesn't mean yeah. that the person who's positive isn't going through something. Doesn't mean that they're not upset. You're, we're human. We're actually meant to feel every emotion of the rainbow, Yeah. right? Um, but we get to pick, we get to also notice those feelings and we actually get to I know this sounds maybe controversial, but we get to choose our feelings. And so that's where cultivation and nurturing and 
coping skills come come in hand. I really like that because I think it creates a lot of space for agency. And I love that you said choice. And I see what you mean about like the controversy of that. I, I think like one thing that I learned from just the Headspace app, I loved the like what back in the day when it was only the British guy, but he was like, look at your feelings like traffic. And like, I remember there was like one bridge I crossed on the way to work and I like started to do that deeply. And um, all of those feelings like are the cars that he describes in it. And like, you can, you have all of them, but you can decide how much you want to immerse yourself, how much you want to like observe it, how much you want to let them pass. And so creating that distance between the feelings too, I think is maybe that's what you're getting at too. Like you can choose which ones you want to indulge in, even if they're recurring, right? We can't really sometimes control what's happening if we feel upset or whatever. Um, and so I think that's a really wonderful way because I think that's why like people will say like failure is okay. Like it's what you do with it. You know, adversity is great. Mm -hmm. what, what, what do you do with it though? Um, so it helps us feel less victim-y and uh, locus of control feels like more in our hands than helpless. Yes, yes. And I, I love that. I love that. That's such a great, I love Headspace. Um, I don't remember <laughs> that particular meditation, but I love exactly what you said about you get to choose which car or which feeling you indulge in. And mm -hmm what you said about failure is what you take from it. And so the example I give everyone that I love so much is like, think of a baby. When a baby is learning to walk, how many times does a baby fall down mm -hmm. before it can walk, yeah. right? And I don't, I don't know the actual number. Um, let's say it's 55, it's probably more, right? Every time that baby falls, does anybody say, oh, that baby's so stupid. It doesn't know how to walk. <laughs> Like, does anybody say that? Does the mom, the dad, a stranger? And I'm like, no, we're learning. If you have never really practiced self-awareness or never learned how to cultivate or nourish your feelings or your emotions or naming them or positive self-talk, it's going to be hard. You are going to fall down. And so I think the more kinder we are to ourselves and just recognizing it's something that I'm learning it makes it so much easier and takes away a lot of the pressure. Totally. And what's interesting is also for babies, I feel like we congratulate them on even the effort. And we don't do that as adults where, you know, even people talk about like, you have to shift, like it's more about the growth mindset than just the achievement, um, which sometimes even with parents, I'm like, bruh, that wasn't that impressive. Like your baby just <laughs> breathed the air. Um, but like, <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, my baby. So I actually think that there's a lot to learn from that though. Um, but I also wanted to move into the uh, kind of conversation of how do you think burnout, like burnout occurs to everyone to your point, like it's not an exclusive topic to one community or group. So with the South Asian community specifically, like what do you think it is about our culture and upbringing and especially as many of us are talking as like first, second, third generation immigrants, um, how does burnout affect us uniquely? Yeah, I think what I've noticed and what I see in my family and friend circle is um, a lot of comparison, right? Like even growing up, right? It's like, oh, your sister did this. So your sister did like Gatuk, so you're going to do Gatuk. Or your brother can sing. What about you? Oh, your brother went to an Ivy League school. Like, what school did you go to? Or like, just like this constant comparison, no matter where you go, mm -hmm. you can't like, get out of it even if your parents are super supportive yeah the community is like all up in on you like oh but like 
Oh, okay. And like, even for me, I noticed because I was in a very different field than many family members. It wasn't like, I noticed for myself, I didn't feel proud of my accomplishments until like I worked for Kaiser. Cause I felt like, oh, there it's like, there was some sort of like, I don't know, name to it. And it's, or something. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, who creates this legitimacy, right? And so I think I just noticed there's just so much comparison that's like imprinted it onto us from a young age that it breeds like a lot of um, competition, yeah. right? Versus collaboration. And it also breeds a lot of jealousy and it can breed a lot of um, also, like if people are going through something, I also notice like, I'm going through it. I can't tell anyone because then if I'm vulnerable, then they're going to see that I'm not perfect or they're going to see that I'm not going to, you know, whatever. Like, I think a lot of it is getting better. I think we are breaking a ton of like generational um, traumas, especially with our generation, with terms of like the way we treat sister-in-laws and the way we treat daughter-in-laws and like all of that kind of stuff. But I think this like, patriarchy and colonization and like of really trying to separate mm-hmm. people and categorize them is detrimental to our own, our personal mental health and also to the community's mental health because we're not meant to be separated we're meant to be in union and yeah. that's how we heal that's how the earth heals that's how communities before this time survived was one person brought the food one person like collected the stuff for the housing like it was through community we can't do everything by ourselves like this individualistic thing I think it's the community aspect and how can you trust community when you're taught from a young age that you can't tell them your problems or you need to be better than them or they got an A you get a C plus so which is so kind of like because you're like on one hand you're supposed to value community be respectful to your elders live harmoniously in this collectivist culture but then at the same time you'll you'll be taught so early I totally agree like that piece of like don't tell everyone everything though like everyone doesn't need to know everything about us or even partner and stuff like that right so and the comparison piece it also feels like I don't know the right word for it but like sometimes it feels like also our parents are included in that so what I mean by that is Mm -hmm. for example I'll be talking about work and my dad was a really big corporate guy like then he really burnt out and then he moved to India when he was like 40 and retired um and so good for him he was able to do that um I probably won't be able to do it but there's that comparison of like it is going to be really hard Lahari you do have to kind of suffer in order to get the like benefit at the end Mm -hmm. and like Uh, maybe I'm just super millennial like that but I'm like no I want to enjoy I want to be in this like I don't mind working as long as it's something I'm passionate about for as long as I want so there's that friction of also the like you kind of gaslight your own self or undermine yourself because you're like but my parents worked this hard or I've seen this happen you know with like other figures of authority um so I feel like that time that but then when I look at my father for example I'm like but he didn't enjoy it so why does he think that like there's this I don't think he's doing it on purpose obviously but this like sort of like replication of now you have to go through it which I have definitely done with my sister for example to being older than her so I don't think like we're all I'm not innocent either but yeah I don't know how to explain that sometimes I'm really glad that you brought up the word gaslighting um because what I noticed so 
what I notice is that sometimes we can gaslight ourselves, just like you had said. Mm -hmm. And what that comes from is not being in a space to validate our own feelings is like we were talking about earlier, growing up, it's very common in our communities and in our households that we sweep everything under the rug, yeah. right? We don't talk about things. It's like, am I allowed to go to seventh grade dance? I don't even know if I'm allowed to ask my parents if I'm allowed yes. to go to a dance, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like this weird conflict. And it's like, oh wait, like, can I go with a boy? Like that's even like a completely different topic. You're pushing right? it, Rama. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. you can't even, so, and then you look at kids these days, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's so different. They like, for me, I was like scared to bring boys home who were like my friends, like not mm-hmm. even, I didn't even date to be quite honest when I was that young, right. but I would be so nervous to like bring them home. Cause I'm like, oh my God, what is someone going to think? But it's like, at such a young age, I was already worried about what other people thought. And so I put what other people thought above what I thought for myself Uh and so I think that's where this gaslighting comes from it's like other people's feelings are more important than my feelings and that's not true that's so uh real like I feel like that piece too it really I think that's why it makes it difficult to even ask for our needs when we realize like oh I might be burnt out etc right because like you're not used to that you have to put the other and the collective first so typically we feel selfish even for surfacing some of our needs, right? Um, Which is so, it it just becomes so challenging because even to this day, no matter how much self-work you do, you're constantly going through this like Jekyll and Hyde situation of like, do I deserve this time though? Do I need this? And I think especially when it comes to self-care, it can be really difficult, right? And we've kind of made self-care into like bubble baths and masks and stuff and like wine nights which also doesn't feel it feels like very counterproductive you're not taking care of yourself when you're damaging your liver but um I'll still do it um but like I'm trying to understand sometimes like what does that self-talk self-care look like if you need if you start to recognize like shit it's getting bad like I need to stop this and like take care yeah absolutely um going back I'll say something really quickly about um feeling guilty Um, So I think that's the common thing about in our culture and probably across many other cultures. I think it's also a learned behavior. So if we look at our mom, Mm -hmm. at least in my communities, like what I see is, um, I don't say my community, my family that I've seen is that like, like when you make roti or you make food, like they'll eat the burned roti right yes. they'll give you the freshest roti they'll give the kids eat first the dads eat first and then mom eats last like even in my house oh, to this true. day yes. my mom eats last my mom makes the food yeah but she eats last right and so it's that sacrifice is put on a pedestal right it's like it's a sign of something it's a sign of I don't know like accomplishment or something and so we're taught that yeah. and so of course we're not going to ask for help because like my mom runs a business, my mom manages the house, my mom cooks and cleans, and she's like 50 plus. Yeah. Whereas me, I'm not that great in the kitchen if I'm being very honest. <laughs> so it's like my partner and I, he makes, we make food together or he'll make food. It's not like I don't feel like I need to make food every single day. And I don't know if previous generations, that's a huge statement, but I don't know if they felt like they had that luxury or that opportunity to share a certain responsibility well that was probably um, not reinforced or model too right so again mm-hmm. not to blame but like they're a victim of their right. context 
Exactly. And growing up for me, like my dad, he did all the cleaning. He did all the laundry. He never cooked. He's not very good at cooking, but he did. He shared a lot of the responsibility. So I saw the sharing of the responsibility. And so now for me, Mm. it's like now we share certain responsibilities as well. And so I think it's ever evolving. And so I think that's where the guilt and the sacrifice and all those things of like, we can't ask for it because we don't even know what to ask for sometimes. Totally. And I think that's what makes this such a complex topic for our community is, again, to reiterate, it's not something that's just, you know, exclusive to us. However, you know, like the more and more, even this month, I was doing research for, you know, this mental health aspect in Down to Brown. I realized like, there's just no denying things are going to be different for our community. Because when it comes to mental health, when it comes to the way we talk to ourselves, you have to recognize like those of us who grew up in the US or immigrated elsewhere, like just acculturating to something else is fucking stressful. Like the amount of implications it has like on our parents and then like what's passed down from our parents, especially if they don't work through it. And then what we experience and then imagining like us becoming parents or us creating our own dynamics and groups and families and like, holy shit. Right. So I feel like that in itself explains like, this is why it's so important to click into these dynamics that you even like, they come into simple ways, like in the kitchen, what you're doing with your parents, like your friends, et cetera. So it's, I remember reading like in psych, um, in one of my college classes in, um, psych that like the way that stress occurs in American society, even like they were just talking about generally is like the way like that fight or flight mentality kicks in for a gazelle mm-hmm. when a lion is after it and how it'll like all the cortisol will rush and everything and it'll run right and then it survives this like life or death scenario but we do that for very simple things like mm-hmm. you know going to work or like missing a meeting maybe at work um and not yeah. being able to make the bus like our previous example so if you go through that so many times during the day like that is so damaging and none of these were like life-threatening at all right So yeah, like, I just like, I guess I'm trying to like get at like, when we go through that, like, how are we, aren't we all bound to like combust at some point? Like, where do you feel like you interrupt this, you know, especially with the (laughs) clients you work with? Yeah. Or the themes that you see? The themes that I see is like really the little things. It's like finding joy in the littlest things. And it's whether it's like, you know, like coffee like I put my coffee in a mason jar because I think it's cute and that makes me happy (laughs) right like just like the littlest things it's like whatever makes you happy do it and like not feel guilty about it and it can be like sitting in the sun it can be taking a walk it can be anything you want it could be playing with your kid it doesn't have to be a structured agenda to do meet all these expectations it's like really like having fun, letting loose. And I think that's something that our culture has, um, as much as we embrace it and we have all these festivals, there's also like this conflicting of like, it needs to look perfect, right? Almost like we need to have the perfect Instagram picture or the perfect caption, or we need to have this many likes. It's like, can we just do something to enjoy? Right. So when do we know, like, I have two questions basically, like when, do we know that we're doing a good job of self-care and self-talk? Yeah, so that's a really good question. And also like, 
it's almost like you're trying to grade yourself on self-care. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, and I don't know that I have a good answer to that. I think, I don't think there is a good answer. I think it's super individualistic and it's just like, it goes back to self-aware. If you need to rest, you get to trust, you get to pause and trust your body and rest. If you want to, if you like want more self-care, then like ask yourself, do I, like, what is it that I really need? What is it that I'm craving? What type of self-care do I need? Ask yourself, but also listen. I think we're so good and myself included. So good at talking, 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 and like looking everything up, looking everything up, like, okay, I need to have this perfect recipe or I need to have this perfect self-care thing. It's like, what, like, can we just pause Mm. and can we listen? And like, that's when we can be like, okay, I need to take a nap. Okay, I need to do some deep breathing. Okay, I need to move my body. It's usually really simple answers. It's, I need to drink water. It's really, really simple answers. And when we get to that neutral state, like we're not at this low, we're not at this high, when we're at this neutral state, then we can start making decisions and assessing ourselves of like, okay, I need to include more self-care in my day. Because you'll know if you're really stressed out and you'll know if you're not stressed out. Like, I, I have yet to meet someone that doesn't know that they're stressed out. <laughs> I know. Yes, exactly. And, but sometimes that does like, I feel like happen to me too, where I don't even realize and I'm like, shit, I've been stressed the whole time. And then it like comes But like the second question I was going to get at was actually like, so you've mentioned like how we could potentially identify and then realize like, okay, now maybe I'm like moderating myself in a healthy way. But sometimes I feel like the minute I get there, something new hits me, right? So like, even like the way we've been interacting with the world as like global Mm -hmm. citizens lately, like you just think like, okay, things, for example, in the US, things are getting better in the US, like maybe we're going to return to normalcy. And then you hear about COVID in India, you hear about the Dante Jr.'s murder, you hear about Al-Aqsa and like what's going on there. And like, it just feels like sometimes you can't seem to even get a grip because the next thing hits. So how do you find resilience in this type of work too? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think I'm still learning the answer to that as well um, because so much is happening. And I think for me, what I have found is I'm allowed to protect my energy and I'm allowed not to be up to date on everything in the news. Um, And, or I can give myself a limit. Like I don't use my phone after a certain period of time. I don't use my phone when I wake up in the morning. I literally send my brain signals that I am my number one priority. So while there are external things happening in the outside world and I am devastated by it and I'm super sad about it, I will donate. I will offer services. I will join groups where they offer like meditation, mindfulness, counseling. There's like a lot of doctors here in the US who are offering like telehealth support. Like I will definitely do my part like for, I would time box it, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever I can give, and then that's it. Then yeah. I invite myself not to think about it because me sending pity energy or me thinking about it is not helping anyone there and it's not helping me. But if yes. I'm kind to myself and I'm setting those boundaries, then I feel better. Now, I don't know if that's the best answer, or the correct answer, but that's what I found worked for me because 
I know even in the hospital or even with my clients, if I'm not my best self, I can't serve anyone. Yeah. I mean, you've come full circle with that, which is so true. Like you, you have to be able to offer something of value. And if you're not, then you're just taking up space for no reason for both parties. So, um, I love your answer with that. Um, and then last but not least, like, how can we, what are some resources that we can use? Like maybe not all of us can work with you and get that time with you um, and your wisdom. So what are ways that we can kind of empower ourselves to help improve some of the self-talk and burnout resources? Yeah. Oh, you're so sweet. So right now I'm doing um, like a free 15 minute calls on my Instagram. Like if you go to my Calendly and I'm doing like free affirmations. So I help you create an affirmation. And so that's like a great starting point of like Mm -hmm. reframing your mindset or reframing your self-talk. And it's super fun because you get tips and tricks on how to use an affirmation because some people know, some people may not know. Um, but like other stuff, like wellness has never been more accessible as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I really love, like, um, I know this is like, I don't know if it's lame or old school, but I just love going on YouTube and looking up sound baths and meditations. And like, oh. I like Deepa Chopra's meditations. I like Jay Shetty's meditations. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an app called Affirm It by Bile Agarwal. She is the founder of Affirmation Addict. And she, um, or maybe she's founder of Affirmant, but she has an app, um, you have to pay for it, but it's like the seven day trial, but it's like several affirmation steps um, based on like abundance, based on money, based on self-care, based on health. And so like, there's like meditations and stuff for that. Um, And then also I really recommend if you have health insurance, really consider if you don't already consider getting a therapist um and try it out like I know I have had a therapist before and it was really helpful and just because you're in mental health or just because you practice yoga or do all sorts of things doesn't mean talk therapy is super helpful like please get it um it's covered through so much insurance so you guys are you guys are already paying for it so like do it right um and also just like for me I love articles on Thrive um, area Ariana Huffington's post like just like reading and like spending time in the sun and like I still believe everything you need is inside of you your body works right your mind works you're alive you're alive for a reason and just trusting that a little bit more every day I think that will allow people to make whatever decision they want to make to help better themselves because I think we know we have desires for a reason right like a lot of healers become healers because they want to heal parts of themselves right and so whatever desires you have you have it for a reason follow it it's kind of my encouragement (laughs) yeah no I really love that because all the activities that you mentioned for example is like sitting in silence to really hear your voice create like like declutter to hear your voice and being affirmations they all help you build that trust that you mentioned with yourself which is um so interesting that we need to do that with ourselves but that is such an important I love like I'm going to keep that in mind all day like how do I build trust with myself right um and often it's almost like I'm surprised every time I'm like oh I had a gut feeling I'm like yeah bitch you had a gut feeling because you know yourself like you know so um it's so interesting um I'm sorry my dog's like resting on my lap but um she's probably like yes trust yourself um but I can't thank you enough. Like this has been so incredibly helpful, especially because 
when we talk about mental health, it can get really complicated. People might not understand, like sometimes the way it manifests in simple ways is what we've talked about today. And I've just so appreciated you breaking that down for us, helping us realize like literally how we spend time in our brain um, and being able to also tackle it with some resources. So Rada, like you're the best. I so appreciate the work you're doing. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. This was so fun. And I actually want to say one quick thing, if that's okay. I yeah. forgot to mention that my favorite thing to do and one of the things that helped catalyst me out of my burnout was gratitude. Yes. Um, and I have, I don't have it with me, but I have a gratitude box and I write on a sticky you note know, one thing I'm grateful for every day. And I just put it in there and it's so easy. I recommend everyone to do it and you can make it a new year's ritual. You can make it a birthday ritual, but I did it last year. And I, on January 1st, I, like I read that. everything I was grateful for. And it's so easy and being, if you are watching this IGTV, you have something to be grateful for, <laughs> probably lots. Um, so I just kind of want to put that out there because that changes our frequency, that up levels our vibration, and that really allows us to manifest what we want. So thank you for bringing that up and letting me say that. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you for your wisdom. I feel like that's such a great way because I've heard of journals, but I love that idea of the jar. And like, I, I think I'm going to do that like literally after this call because it's such a great way to like reflect too on all your, mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but like all your blessings. <laughs> so, yeah. but thank you so much. And that's how I know how important it is to you is that you're like, no, I have this other piece of this <laughs> that will be helpful. So Rada, thank you so much. And thank remind you. us what your Instagram page is. Yes. It's at radiance with Brad. And you are so radiant yourself. Oh, thank you so thank much. You. Rada. <laughs>